This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with MLB.com Mets reporter Anthony DeComo. And Anthony, uh, tough times here for the Mets, trying to hang on a little bit in that wild card race. Obviously, injuries an issue, but dropping two of three to a hot Tigers team over the weekend doesn't help. But they did win Sunday. Um, is that a win that they can kind of take something from on the road? Now they come back home. You play a D-backs team that's obviously struggled all season long. Feels like this is a big week for this team to kind of cash in on on playing not one of the better teams in baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, look, at this point, uh, where the Mets are, given where they are and what they've been through and everything, every win is a win they hope can be the start of something. Now, so far, it hasn't worked out. Uh, we're standing here on August 9th as we record this podcast, and the Mets haven't won consecutive games in over a month. So I'm sure after most of the games that they've won during that span, they thought it would be the type of thing that could spark them, and it just hasn't happened yet. And only time will tell if this one is different. Um, but, you know, for a couple of weeks now, Terry Collins has been calling this crunch time. And maybe that wasn't really the case uh, in late July, getting into early August. But we're into mid-August now, and it is crunch time. Uh, you know, this is beyond the point where last season the Mets had taken off. And, you know, they're in a different situation in a lot of ways this year. Uh, last year, if you remember, uh, it was division or bust for them. And they had a real shot at the NL East, which they ultimately won. But if that didn't work out, uh, they were nowhere close to the wildcard pitcher, and, and they weren't going to be a wildcard team last year. Uh, this year, it's just the opposite. Uh, the division seems all but out of play for them at this point, and the wildcard is very realistic. Now, it's a more difficult thing, because despite the fact that the Mets are right there a couple of games out, uh, you know, you're involving more teams in the wild card race. Uh, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Marlins, you've got the Pirates, and and uh, you know even the Rockies have made a run at this. Um, the Dodgers have been uh, right up there all season long. So you're talking about six teams realistically. Uh, and if you don't, if you want to discount the Rockies, that's fine. Five teams, uh, and only two of them can make it. And that by itself makes the mathematics a little murky. It makes it harder for the Mets to do what they want to do. And then you throw on top of it. Uh, all the injuries that they've suffered, and they're playing without Cespedes, and Harvey and Duda and Wright are gone for the year, and Lagaris is gone for, for the year pretty much, and, and just go on down the line. Um, I'm not trying to sound pessimistic. I'm just being realistic about where the Mets are. Uh, have all of that happen and be where they're standing, I think they feel very fortunate, but they also know they need to go now, and they can't wait for guys to get healthy because in a lot of cases it's not going to happen, and in those that it does happen, uh, you know, these guys are going to start trickling back in the coming weeks, and it's not just going to be this influx of talent. They'll come one by one. Uh, while the Mets wait, they've got to win, and that really starts now. 
They've got a tough stretch coming up. Uh, you know, the homestand on paper is relatively easy with the Diamondbacks and the Padres. But then you go out west. Uh, then you go to St. Louis. Then you've got a homestand. And you really get back into division play, which is always difficult. So uh, over the next three, four weeks, I think you're going to see it defined. Uh, are the Mets going to fall out of this thing? Or are they still going to be standing there on September 25th, September 30th, uh, October 2nd with a shot at it? Uh, this will all sort of come to a head here in the, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you paint the picture and it sounds dark, but then you look at the standings and, hey, they are there. So maybe you're right. They should feel kind of blessed with, with where they are. And you mentioned the injuries, obviously, Cespedes on the DL now and and. It makes that addition of Jay Bruce look that much better, I guess, that they went out and did get him. And it didn't seem like a perfect fit when they brought him in. And even without Cespedes, it's still not when you look at who's playing where in that outfield. But uh, he did come through with the big home run, obviously, late last week against the Red Sox. Um, Does it seem like Jay Bruce is now kind of getting comfortable in this clubhouse, getting comfortable as part of this team? Yeah, I mean, again, as we stand here today, he's played, I think, six games. The Mets, uh, he's got four hits, but two of them are home runs. So, uh, yeah, he, he's already been a bit of an important piece. Um, you know, he had that home run in the Yankees series. That was a big one. And uh, is he getting comfortable? Yeah, I don't think you're ever totally comfortable coming to a new team in the middle of a season, uh, getting dropped into a pennant race, especially when, you know, in, in a situation like Jay Bruce where he's only known one team, one clubhouse, one culture for his whole career, and then to come somewhere else. Um, but this is a veteran player. This is a guy with a very strong idea of, of what he needs to do to succeed. Um, and it's not like he hasn't been through this ringer before. Certainly with some of those uh, better Cincinnati teams in years past, he has uh, been through uh, the, the nerve-shaking times of a, of a pennant race of coming down the stretch in September and needing to win games. So, um, you know, given what else is going on with this lineup, uh, I don't think he could be uh, more important because you just look at what's around him, and, and the Mets had envisioned this thing, obviously, with Bruce and Cespedes in the middle there. And, uh, you know, that's what it's going to be. And, and right now, Cespedes isn't here, so it's, it's pretty much just Jay Bruce with other people hitting it consistently. Uh, Neil Walker's had a very nice run of late, and that has certainly helped, uh, but he's proven to be streaky. Um, Cespedes is going to be out for at least another week, uh, maybe well, probably a little bit longer than that. Um, and in the interim, like I said, the Mets need to win and they need to hit to do that because the pitching has been fine, uh, maybe not as dominant as you'd like on the starting pitching side, but overall starting pitching has been good, bullpen has been good. They just haven't hit, and they haven't hit with runners in scoring position, and uh, you know, Jay Bruce is certainly qualified to do that. He has a track record of doing that, of being that guy, and, and uh, again, to win, the Mets need to hit, and to hit, uh, they're probably not going to do it without that bat being productive in the middle of their lineup. You mentioned the pitching being pretty good, and one question mark was, would Logan Verrett keep his spot in that rotation? Uh, It's coming up on Friday. He'll face the Padres, and I guess he is going to be the guy. So he gets the nod over Jonathan Neese, who's back with the team, and and prospect Gabriel Inoa. How close a call was this at the end of the day to to give Verrett another shot out there? I think there there was a lot of discussion, to be sure. Um, And to be honest with you, I think if the Mets had better alternatives, Logan Verrett would not be starting, but this is where they are now. Uh, they've lost uh, virtually all of the starting pitching depth that, that made them so scary, uh, even as recently as I would say February or March coming into this season. Uh, injuries and trades, uh, certainly coming down in July last year, trades uh, sapped them of a lot of that depth, and, 
and this is where they are. You know, you, you just mentioned kind of the alternatives. If they didn't go with Logan Perrette against the Padres, it would be John Neese or it would be Gabriel Inoa. Um Well, John Neese, I, I think certainly the Mets and their fans have seen what he has to offer and have seen uh, what he can provide, and that's not a knock on John Neese, but is it better than what Logan Verrett has given them? Uh, before his last couple starts, Logan Verrett had actually been pretty consistent and pretty solid, uh, while John Neese in Pittsburgh had lost his rotation spot due to poor performance. So uh, I think it's certainly debatable that Neese would be a better option. And then you look down in AAA, um, you know, Enoa has had a really rough go of things, an ERA over six, I believe it is, over his last six or seven starts. Um, you know, Robert Gesellman is an interesting name down there, but he does not have a very long track record of all at all of succeeding at the upper levels of the minors. So that would be a huge gamble um, in a game that you, know, you can't afford to just give up a game and be out of it in the second or third inning. Um, Sandy Allison mentioned Rafael Montero, a name that uh, has seemingly been around forever, but he has just been having a another really brutal season at AAA. So uh, it's not like these guys are knocking on the door and doing things that say, whoa, well, we got to see what they have to offer. It's not been the case at all. Um, so I think the Mets just look at this situation and say, who gives us the best chance to win? Uh, Logan Verrett. Uh, it might not be the type of thing that excites Mets fans, but on paper he probably does at this point give them the best chance to win a game. And he has had some performances this year where he really stepped up for this team. Uh, it is August now, Anthony, and that means players are run through waivers. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, in an early batch of of waiver runs for the Mets, Travis Darno clears. Um, what is there a chance they could still deal Travis Darno? I know there was talk that he would be included in a deal that would bring in obviously Jonathan Lucroy, another catcher. But I feel like if you're not getting a catcher in return, you're probably not trading Travis Darno. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and that's uh, you know the reason why the Mets were wanting to put Travis Darno in a deal for Jonathan Lucroy is just that because you don't need him anymore if Lucroy is on board. So uh, is it possible? Yeah, of course. If you can frame a similar type deal around that, um, it is possible. But uh, you know, at this time of year, I always caution people to take everything you read about waivers and, and guys who have who have been through them and cleared and so on and so forth. Take it all with a grain of salt because uh, in a lot of cases, the majority of players on a team, uh, sometimes even the majority of players in baseball are going to go through waivers. Um, it, it's done for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's to mask uh, a team's interest in trades, what a team is trying to do. Sometimes it's to gauge interest for what might be possible in the upcoming offseason. But far more often than not, it, it's not used necessarily to uh, do a trade. Now, the Mets are interested in making some trades in August. I think primarily they're looking at uh, the right-handed reliever that they never got prior to the non-waiver trade deadline. And is there a chance they do something bigger, maybe at the catching position, something like that? Yeah, of course. But I, I don't think it's the type of thing where you can look at this and say the Mets are going to make a, a big splash move in August. It, it doesn't really happen that often. In general, the logistics of it are a little bit more difficult. Um, and frankly, the Mets weren't able to do a deal like that with Jonathan Lucroy, and there's not a lot, uh, you know, prior to that in July, and there's not a lot else out there catching-wise that is just going to be available. So uh, I think at that position, you know, that's more or less what you're going to get is Travis Darno down the stretch, and, and he's another guy that the Mets were really counting on coming into this season. wasn't always healthy, uh, as has become sort of the norm for him in his career, but the Mets need him to hit, and I think uh, – sort of looking beyond him and looking at alternatives if you're a Mets fan uh, is maybe a little unrealistic at this point. All right, great stuff as always, Anthony. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.